Welcome to the Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, the topic for the sermon message is, what is sin? What is sin? In uh, Numbers uh, chapter 32, verse 23, in the King James Version, it says, but if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. The commentary says, Our wrongdoing, our breaking God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. That's what sin is. Sin is our breaking God's moral law that you can find in Exodus chapter 20 in the Old Testament. But what it is, we're breaking uh, uh, God's Ten Commandments, the moral laws. That's the laws that uh, he set up for us to go by, to, to live by, to practice. That is, uh, to make no other God in the graven image, uh, which we do mentally. Everybody does mentally. We form a God that's okay with everything we do, no matter how bad it is, to make us ourselves feel better uh, the other one is um, oh yeah and then lying you know if we if we lie then we're a liar which nobody likes to hear but when you say it to yourself and you say well what do we call liars call them a liar you know or what do you call someone who lies you call them a liar uh, it's the same thing what do you call somebody who steals? We call them a thief. How? Uh, what do we call somebody uh, who looks at another person with lust? According to the New Testament, Jesus said, "If you look at another person with lust, we've already committed adultery already in our hearts." So this is part of what sin is. What we like to do here at Bible Education Institute is to make the Bible simple. To understand therefore I read most of the time I read from the the NIV the New International Version because it's, it's close to the King James it's a good a good volume here to read that's simple myself I prefer the King James but I try to make it simple because most people today in uh, 2020 do not know the Word of God don't understand are the kings English and all that so we try to make it simple the whole point is to make God simple to understand so they can come to God and understand why they need God because they've sinned and what is sin sin is breaking God's moral law the Ten Commandments which we've all have done even though most people don't like to say that but that's pretty much how it is If you go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, the death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So God's word, the Bible, and this is the New Testament of Romans chapter 5 verse 12, says, All have sinned. Therefore, we need a Savior, Jesus Christ, because we've broken God's 
moral laws, the Ten Commandments. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26 of the NIV, it says this, Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. You see, Christ came, God in the flesh, the Son of God, Christ, Jesus Christ, came as a one-time sacrifice because no man could keep it. Uh, uh, now, uh, when, the old, when the Old Testament was in effect and they were doing it right, they they had to have uh, they had to have sacrifices and they would sacrifice pure lambs, you know. Sometimes bird does whatever, but most of the time it was a lamb, and they had to shed the blood to cover the sins temporarily. But see, Christ came permanently one time, so now all can come by faith, believing. Repenting of your sins, that means knowing you've broken God's moral law, lied, stole, uh, made a God in your own in, in, uh, your own image that, that fits you in your mind. Uh, you look at another person with lust, which is adultery in the heart. If you hate someone, you've already murdered in your heart. Uh, coveting, wanting what someone else has. Very false witnesses lying on someone else. You see, so all this stuff. Oh, oh yeah, and uh, the, one of the commandments also is to um, to honor thy father and thy mother that your days will be long. And, and many people do not do that. They don't honor their mother and their father. I'm not talking about because they're hard to deal with and whatever. You don't spend a lot of time there, but you, you love them and respect them. Even though you can't get along with them. But those that just literally just crush at their parents and hate them or whatever and blame them for everything and they want nothing to do with them and all like that, that's a whole different story. You know? But this is because if we go by the Ten Commandments, then we will have a moral society and we will be moral. Because without morality, society can't function. You see, without God, Society will break down and, and will be totally destroyed. There's many people that hate God, therefore they reject God, hate God, so they hate a country who believes in God, which I live in America. And so right now we're going through a lot of difficult situations because of that. So you have people rejecting God. And many have been taught in the school system we have here that is now who teaches uh, no God. Uh, they teach you to hate your country and hate people and all this stuff, right? So now you have a whole segment of society that's rioting, murdering, uh, destroying property, everything. It's terrible, you know? But that's because morality has broken down because they stopped teaching the Holy Bible about God and they've took down the Ten Commandments from the schools. So now they're saying everything goes. No, it doesn't. There must be standards. 
but we have chaos. It's just like we have laws to protect people not bothering anybody from those who wants to take from them by stealing or uh, murdering, whatever, you know. But we have laws that's supposed to be for consequences. But if you do not enforce those laws, then you have chaos and you have people being killed, property damage. It's just chaos everywhere. Therefore, society just breaks down into nothing and will completely collapse until there's no more nation. You know, or you you have a communist belief system come in or, or, or you have a, a Muslim belief system come in that's contrary to what the Bible says, to what we believe, and they're they in, so they start doing what they believe, which is they have no freedoms. Uh, plus, the the law is harsh and not fair. And if you uh, if you say something that you believe in and they don't, then you could literally be murdered. And uh, they think that's right, but no, it's not. But when you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. That's how it works. So if you want true freedom, comes from God. So therefore, if you study the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and you read it daily without fail and do what it says, that, and if we can get as many people doing that, then you'll have a moral society that works. That's how America was set up. Psalm 143 verse 10 says this, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God, your spirit is good, lead me. So it's by God we're led to do good. We can't do it on our own because um, in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah it says, The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? So we're wicked. You keep hearing people say, I believe most people are good at heart. Yes, I do. Really? And to the counter that, well, if you believe most people are good, would you leave your wallet open with money in it on a park bench and walk away and come back expecting it to be there? The answer would be no. And most people say, well, that's common sense. Somebody will take it. Exactly. So what does that say? No, people are not good at heart. We're evil. Therefore, we must come to God in repentance, understanding we've broken God's moral law. And therefore, if we were to die without coming to God in repentance with a soulful heart, knowing that we've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, and we were to die without repentance, the penalty that God gives for those who reject Him is death and hell. So hell is a permanent death where you will be not just separated from God, they leave this part out, but in hell you'll be tormented and on fire, plus being tormented with where there's no time and it's forever and ever and ever. A horrible way to have to be. But you don't have to go there unless you choose to. Those who die and go to hell choose to go to hell. Because once you hear the gospel, which is called good news, that's the, the definition of the gospel, is good news, and I'm telling you how to be saved, how to leave this world alive in the spirit. And you can go to heaven and be with God. But you must understand you've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments.
Um, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18 says, The one who is patient calms the quarrel. And how do we learn this? From the Bible. It's teaching us it's better to be calm because it calms everything down. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says this, who began a good work in you? That's the topic. It says, uh, Philippians chapter 1, 1, verse 6, New Testament. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So once you come to Christ in repentance and you transfer the trust from yourself to Christ alone, that means you're putting on Christ like a parachute. If you're in a plane that's about to crash, and you get a parachute that's going to save you from the jump you have to, the jump to come that you're going to have to do. And you hold on to that. And even if somebody's making fun of you because they don't believe the plane's crashing for whatever reason, they're making fun of you, you don't care because you know it's going to save you and keep you alive. And that's what putting on Christ does, like a parachute. When you take Christ unto yourself, Nothing is going to matter because you know that's going to save you from hell. And it don't matter what people say or do or if they try to torture you or whatever, you know you're going to heaven, therefore you don't fear death anymore. The sting of death is now gone. And you can walk without fear in this world because you know when you die you're going to heaven to be with God forever. Who cares about you and loves you? But you see, we all gotta, we're all going to die some way, somehow. You know, we don't know when. But when you don't fear anymore, you don't have to worry about it. Right now, especially in America and around the world, but especially in America, you have people walking around in fear, even those claiming to be Christians. I don't know if they're biblical believers. If you're a biblical believer who reads the Bible daily without fail and do what it says, that shouldn't be in your life about fearing. Because if you trust God instead of yourself, then you've given your life to Christ and repented of your sins and you've turned from your sins, there should be nothing to fear. But you have those running around here all in fear and everything else, willing to do anything even as they shut down churches and synagogues and so forth, but they're shutting down the Protestant church. Churches. You know? And in some states, you have, uh, uh, you have governors who are very tyrannical, and they've, they've got power uh, drunk, I guess you say power drunk, but also... It's with their political party affiliates that they're trying to make things hard so people will vote for them, which to me makes no sense. But they're saying, well, if you don't do what we say, it's only going to get worse. So it's kind of like blackmail, right? But if you're not fearing what man can do to you, it's not going to work. But if you're walking around in fear, then you'll bow down to everything and anything instead of to God. And that never works out right. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 50, verse 22. 
For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be alive, will be made alive. So because of Adam, Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God, they were thrown out of the Garden of Eden. That was perfect. So from that time on, the curse came to the earth and everything dies now. You know? Now back then they could live to 900 years or whatever before they died. But as the world's gone along, it could, uh, uh, the living now, you only those who live about the longest is usually around, the norm is about 70, 80. And the ones, but then you have some that's living to 90, 100 years old, stuff like that. But it's usually not much past like 110, maybe a little more than that. Not much, but that's rare. But the majority will die around 70. That's, you know, the kind of what, what's been uh, looked at. Um, but if you take care of yourself, I'm sure you can live long. Or if it's God's will, you know. But it don't matter. When, when you're ready, you're ready. It's not going to, it doesn't bother you. You don't fear death. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, New Testament, it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's talking about Jesus Christ. So, so God made Christ, who did not know sin, to be sin for us, to take the penalties of sin, because God is a... God is the judge of the universe. It's like we have we have earthly judges, right? Who judges people when they do wrong. They break man's law, which the laws came from God, from the Bible. But we have man's law. You break that law, you got to pay a consequence. It's the same thing for God. God has high standards. That's why he had us in Christ, because we couldn't keep it. We couldn't get to those high standards without a mediator, without somebody there who's in between to help us to get there, which is Christ. Christ alone, Jesus alone. So, therefore, God has to judge us because he is a good God. And a good God is also who the judge of the universe must judge sin. And that's how it works. But, it's kind of like if you had a bunch of tickets, speeding tickets. You went before the judge and he said, you got to pay all this amount. Or, or, or you go into jail, and that's an exceeding amount you don't have. And a stranger comes in, pays the fine. Now the judge can legally tell you that you're free to go because somebody else paid the price. And that's what happened with Jesus Christ. He paid the price. You see, that's what sin is. Sin is just breaking God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, which is serious to God. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37 and 39, the NIV says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that was the greatest commandment. He's taken all the Ten Commandments and put it into that. But we must love God. How do you do that? By coming to God in repentance, a sorrowful heart, knowing that you've broken his law is very serious. And you're on your way to hell. Unless you're willing to humble yourself as a child. And come to God and say, God, I've sinned before you. But I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And I'm putting, placing the trust for myself to Christ alone. Because I've broken. I have lied. 
I've stolen. I've made a God in my own image in my mind. Um, I have looked upon another person with lust, therefore I've committed adultery. I've wanted what something somebody else had. I, um, which is coveting. I uh, bear false witness against someone else. I lied against someone else for whatever reason. It's still wrong. Uh, I haven't, I haven't honored my parents. You know, just many, many different things. But in our minds, we think we're great, but we're not, because. It, it, if you have lied, then that means you're a liar. If you stole something, don't matter the price. It could be a paperclip, bar a pen, never put it back. You, you've stolen. What do you call someone who steals? A thief. So we're a liar and a thief. Now, have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, he said, if you look at another person with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart have you read have you ever hated anyone according to the new testament if you hate someone you've already committed murder in your heart you see so what do you call someone who murders a murderer so you're a lying thief who's committed adultery and has murder in your heart you see and we've all done that before I came to Christ, I've done that. And even now, you don't have to work every day on not doing that because sometimes people can get on, can uh, can get to you. There's uh, there's there's a lot of people that they're just kind of evil-minded, man, and they just you know want to come at you for whatever reason. Or Satan will use them to come at you to to fall backwards. But we must keep moving forward. If you sin. You go to you go to God and ask Him for forgiveness, but ask Him to help you to overcome that because you don't want to keep doing that sin because it has severe consequences, and we must not do that. You see, none of this is complicated. Remember, when someone doesn't want to do something or they don't want somebody else to know a certain thing about them, they say it's complicated. Nothing is complicated. It's only complicated if you don't want to do it. Or if it's something that you don't like. Or whatever the case may be. Or if you're hiding something, you know. That's when everything is complicated. But believe me, it's not so like that. Look, Hebrews chapter 10, NIV version. Christ sacrificed once for all. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities. Therefore, this reason, this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifice repeated endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Verse 2, otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered for the worshipers, would have been cleansed once for all, and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But, verse 3, those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That's why Christ had to come. See, they're talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament. It says in verse 5, therefore, of Hebrews 10. Yeah, Hebrews 10, verse 5. It says, therefore, when Christ came into the world, 
He said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Verse 6, With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Verse 7, Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. So you see, God, Jesus came to be the one-time sacrifice for all. Now look what it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 19, King James Version. Then uh, 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 This is the law. The Ten Commandments stops the mouth. Uh, so that's Romans chapter 3, verse 19, New Testament. King James Version, it says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. So the Ten Commandments, God's moral law, shows us that we are, we've broken His laws and we're sinners. Sin means breaking God's moral laws, the Ten Commandments. So right there, Paul says, when we look at the Ten Commandments, you can find Exodus chapter 20, it shows us we're guilty. And therefore, we need a Savior, which is Jesus Christ. But we must come in repentance Repentance means absolute forgiveness with a sorrowful heart. Then putting our trust in Christ alone as a parachute and putting on Christ, that means let Christ come in and start living for him. And one of the most important things is reading the Bible daily without fail and do what it says and staying in prayer. That means talking to God, to a holy, wonderful God who loves you. He's a heavenly father, but he's also holy. And we need to reverence God in fear and trembling. That means he loves us, but we know there's consequences to when we do wrong. And you see, if, if a father loves you and you do wrong, he has to correct you. And sometimes it hurts. You know, it just depends. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, King James Version says, Wherefore the law, this is King James Version, yeah, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. See, the law is like a schoolmaster. It's teaching us. The law is teaching us like a schoolmaster, someone over or a principal of a school or a teacher. It's teaching us that when we look at the Ten Commandments, we're guilty. So therefore, we must go to Christ to be saved. So we can be justified by faith. We come by faith, believing in Christ, but in repentance. You can't keep doing the same stuff. It's got to go. Here's some statistics. Did you know of um, the 100,000 people die in the world every 24 hours a day? Did you know 54 million people die in the world every year? That's a lot. And you don't know when your number's up. Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 7, the King James says this. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Talking about the moral law, Ten Commandments. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. So he's saying, I didn't know sin, but by reading the Ten Commandments, by knowing the Ten Commandments, that shows my sins. And all the stuff I can't keep. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. So 
So when you want something what someone else has, you're lusting in your flesh. You want something else, you know? That's another type of lust. So you see, real guilty. Now, if you've been listening and you say, well, I need to get right with God. And what is getting right with God? Is coming in repentance, asking God's forgiveness of your sins, breaking God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, and coming with a sorrowful heart, and then repenting of your sins, that means turning away from your sins, and receiving Christ in your heart, your mind, you're putting your trust from yourself to Christ alone, and serving Him from that day forward, which means reading the Bible daily without fail, just like you eat every day, and do what it says. That means putting into practice what you're reading, what it says to do. None of this is difficult. Let me give you some resources that will help you. Okay, watch on YouTube, and you can go to their website, Living Waters with Ray Comfort. You can watch them on YouTube and go to livingwaters.com. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, AnswersInGenesis.org, YouTube and the website. Wall Builders with David Barton, WallBuilders.com, YouTube, and go to the website. Uh, he also has a radio show that you can watch on podcast. You can watch that online. Dr. Walter Martin, WalterMartin.com, watch him on YouTube. He passed away, uh, I think, in the, the late 80s. Um... But his work is fantastic. You can learn a lot. He breaks everything down, makes it simple to understand the Bible. And it's really very informative. It's fantastic. Also, would like for you to watch, if you would, to help yourself to understand how important coming to Christ is, you can watch on YouTube. And you also can get the book. It's called 23 Minutes in Hell with Bill Wise. He has a video, fantastic. And you can buy the book, which is very informative. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, for those that are watching this video, Lord God, I ask you to convict their hearts. For those who are not sure, and Lord, for those who are ready to come to you, I just ask you to guide and direct them and help them to grow this day forward and help them also to reach their families and friends for you. We ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now do it, and do it now.